Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, is just the latest in a long list of school shootings, reigniting once again the debate over the sanctity and limitations of the Second Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We'll take a closer look. Also this morning, home improvement, repair, and renovation contractors account for more consumer complaints than nearly any other type of business. The Ohio Attorney General's Office has advice on avoiding problems and what to do if you believe you've been taken. And summer is here, and it's time to get outdoors with June programs and activities from the Hancock Park District. Michelle Rumschlag will be here to tell us what's happening. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, May 31st, 2022. I'm Dave James on the Ohio News Network. To the northwest of Columbus, the state is doing a follow-up investigation after an officer-involved shooting in Marysville last night that started with a report of a person with a gun who was pointing it at people. Richard Solomon with ONN affiliate WBNS-TV in Columbus reports. Marysville Chief of Police Tony Brooks says a sheriff deputy reported to dispatch he located the person with a gun. Chief Brooks says at 640, the deputy reported he fired shots at the individual. The chief says the deputy didn't say if the suspect fired back, but the chief did say the individual was struck multiple times. The Marysville police arrived and started to render aid to the person taken to the local hospital where they died. No officers were hurt in Marysville. I'm Richard Solomon. There was also a fatal officer-involved shooting in the Cleveland suburb of Maple Heights early yesterday morning. A statement from Cleveland Police, which is investigating, says Maple Heights Police had been pursuing a vehicle involving a man they suspected of shooting in the homes. On Memorial Day, President Biden attended a ceremony at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Because if we forget the lives that each of those silent markers represent, mothers, fathers, siblings, spouses, children, if we forget what they sacrificed so that our nation might endure, then we forget who we are. The president also thanked Gold Star families for their service and sacrifice to the country. I'm Dave James on the Ohio News Network. The first of what will be 21 funerals for the victims of the Robb Elementary School shooting in Uvalde, Texas last week will be held today. It is just the long, uh, is just the latest in a long list of uh, mass shootings in this country that have reignited once again the debate over the sanctity and the limitations of the Second Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. And whenever we have uh, matters of uh, constitutional law to uh, talk about, we call in our friend. Scott Gerber, he is a uh, professor of law at Ohio Northern University, Pettit School of Law, and Associated Scholar of Brown University's Political Theory Project. And uh, Scott, we spoke with you just a couple of weeks ago uh, on the abortion issue and uh, not uh, thinking that we were going to have to uh, have this uh, conversation again so soon. But uh, here we are with another major issue that, like abortion, has been uh, discussed and debated by uh constitutional scholars for a long long time any reason to think that this will be any different this time the the debate or the outcome um i I think it probably will be as you mentioned in the lead-in it's the uh the tragedy has dominated the news Mm -hmm. 
uh, for a week. And, um, you know, Senator Mitch McConnell instructed uh, Senator Cornyn uh, to mm-hmm. work uh, with Senator Murphy uh, on the other side of the aisle and try to figure something out. And um, I think at some point, uh, the American people, they've already said this time and time again, but there's been too much of this, you know, too many little kids mm-hmm. who should just be out in the playground playing and wondering what their parents packed them for lunch and having fun. Right. Getting killed. Yeah. Uh, you wrote an op-ed for the uh, New York Post uh, last week in which uh, you argue that reasonable gun rules do not violate uh, the Second Amendment of the uh, Constitutional. And I guess the uh, key word in that phrase is reasonable. And that is very much in the eye of the beholder, depending on who you ask. Yeah, no, that's correct. But what I was writing against is this absolutist uh, argument that the NRA and uh, supporters and members of the NRA constantly take, and that is essentially you can't regulate guns at all, and no right is absolute. And I agree uh, with the Supreme Court that Justice Scalia correctly read the Second Amendment as protecting an individual right, but no right is absolute. And in the opinion itself, Justice Scalia said that no right is absolute. The First Amendment is an absolute. Yeah. And the First Amendment actually uses the language no law. Right. And the Supreme Court has held that you can nevertheless regulate free speech and things like that. The Second Amendment doesn't even have the no law language in it. So obviously you can regulate guns. It- it really is interesting because like for so much of the Constitution, I mean, the, the, the Constitution itself uh, is uh, very thrifty with its words. There is a lot of it is open to interpretation because it is very minimalist uh, to begin with in its text. Uh, but as you mentioned, the uh, language of the Second Amendment that the right to keep and bear arms shall not be abridged. Those are the four words that many of those absolutionists uh, really latch on to it is similar but different than the wording in the first amendment that congress shall make no law abridging the rights of yada 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 cor- cor- correct and and again um uh the the, the founders uh uh were interested in liberty They're, they weren't in- interested in license which means letting people do whatever they want mm-hmm. and when you're talking about um uh, modern weaponry that uh, kills little kids uh, very quickly. Um, you have to be able to regulate that. And Scalia made clear in that D.C. versus Heller opinion that it can, in fact, yes, it can be regulated. It's really interesting. Uh, again, you're kind of uh, touching a bit on one of the uh, debates of of really many uh, provisions of the Constitution is to what extent uh, were the uh, uh, founding fathers speaking specifically about uh, the, uh, in this case, the weapons of the day or the communications uh, methods of the time uh, in which the Constitution was uh, was written and how are they applied to the modern day 
when obviously we have much more advanced methods of communication. If you refer to the First Amendment, we have uh, much more advanced weaponry when you're talking about the Second Amendment. And again, this is an area that is much debated uh, in law circles and legal circles uh, as to what exactly the Constitution says. And doesn't it go back to that question of whether the Constitution is a living, breathing document or it says what it says and that's it? Um, I don't think you have to be all or nothing on that. And what I'm not originalism or living constitutionalism. Um, originalism also uh, uh, believes in the argument that what the, the the Second Amendment or the First Amendment or the Fourth Amendment or whatever mm-hmm. uh, memorializes a principle, right? A principle. Uh, and so the, the principle uh, is then um, applied in... Uh, uh, circumstances that the framers couldn't have have foreseen yeah i i think it's uh i don't think you get any argument that uh the founding fathers could not have envisioned school shootings and and things of that nature this cannot be what they intended when they uh inserted the second amendment into the uh, constitution i mean i you can't uh i don't think argue with that on any level you mentioned that the Supreme Court has, in fact, reaffirmed the position that the Second Amendment and others are not absolute. But again, uh, that's uh, that's a very delicate, uh, very fine line to walk between protecting those rights and uh, rendering them not absolute. Yeah, right. And so, at the end of the op-ed, I you know I, I suggest some possible regulations. Uh, that I think would be permissible within the protection of the Second Amendment. Background checks make sure that people that have criminal records and mental health issues aren't uh, allowed to have guns. Um, banning these uh, there's these military-style assault weapons, which are uh, designed to kill people, not to hunt or defend yourself. Mm-hmm. Or at a minimum, as I said, at a minimum... Raise the age where you can buy these military assault weapons to 21 rather than 18. Yeah. Uh, Again, some of those, it seems, may be in the offing. As you mentioned, there is some, there are at least bipartisan conversations going on. Now, we have no idea what the what tone those conversations are taking or whether anything will come of that but i thought it was also interesting that the president hinted uh that there may be some action that can be taken uh via executive order certainly he would not be able to ban certain types of weapons from being sold via executive order at least uh, it doesn't appear that he would have that uh, ability could this possibly test the limits of what the president could do via executive orders if Congress does not act? Well, as you as you noted, President Biden already stated yesterday in response to a, a question from a reporter that he does not have the power under the Constitution to ban, you know, certain types of weapons. Mm-hmm. That has to come from uh, Congress. Yeah. And so he's he's asking Congress to work in a bipartisan way to come up with some reasonable limits. Yeah. He's not he's not calling for the the banning of all guns, hunting rifles and things like that. Right. He just wants to get rid of, you know, these military assault weapons where 
kids and people shopping at a grocery store in Buffalo, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, are getting mm-hmm. killed with. You know, it, it is interesting, though, because uh, if I, if memory serves, it was President Obama who uh, said basically the same thing uh, on immigration and uh, what became the, the DACA policy uh, for uh, children of illegal immigrants. Um that uh, he didn't have the uh, power to uh, in to uh, change policy or enforce policy, and then ultimately he turned around and did just that. So uh, again, I'm wondering. The president can say that he doesn't have the authority. I'm wondering though if maybe he is so motivated or so pressured uh, by factions within his party that he may go ahead and test those limits. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I doubt. I doubt he will. Um because it's obvious that he can't make laws by himself. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't think he's going to do that. And to go back to one of your earlier questions, I just I just hope that um the Republicans and the Democrats can work together and come up with a rational solution because this anarchy that we're living uh with with guns uh is resulting in uh innocent beautiful little kids being slaughtered. There is no question uh, that a lot of people are uh, thinking about what can and should be done as a result of this particular shooting in Uvalde, Texas, that has shocked our sensibilities once again. We will leave it there again. uh, Dr. Scott Gerber, professor of law at Ohio Northern University, associated scholar of the uh, Brown University Political Theory Project. Dr. Gerber, thanks very much once again for uh, joining us. We appreciate it. You're welcome, Chris. And again, uh, the other thing worth noting is that uh, all of this comes the backdrop of the coming midterm elections. And uh, many of these issues, uh, you talk about gun control, you talk about abortion, as we were saying. Just a a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about that with the uh, leak of the Supreme Court decision, the pending uh, Supreme Court decision that could overturn Roe v. Wade. These are a lot of really powerful, high-profile issues that people are very passionate about on both sides that could become front and center as we head into the midterms. Well, you may remember last week we were talking about home improvement season and we mentioned that if you're not comfortable doing home repair or maintenance or renovation yourself, you need to be careful in hiring someone to do it for you because this industry accounts for the second most common source of consumer complaints annually. Melissa Smith is with the Ohio Attorney General's Office and Melissa, in fact, just within the past week, you went after a couple of home improvement contractors in central Ohio that were defrauding consumers, right? We did. We're always looking out for various ways to protect consumers throughout the state, and home improvement is a big way in which we try to make a difference. So what's really disarming about these cases uh, that were filed this week is the fact that uh, these were individuals who were trying to hide from all of the negative reviews, and that is the way that people warn each other these days, uh, and they were trying to avoid those negative reviews by simply changing the name of the business so people wouldn't know to avoid them. Right, and this is actually something that's a little bit more common than people think. So when when companies get bad reputations and those reputations 
go around town, uh, the individuals who run them will just essentially close down one business and open up under a new business name, and that way they have a clean slate to operate under. Mm. You know, I would have never thought of that uh, as uh, as a way to sort of run from those bad reviews. Like I said, that's the way a lot of folks uh, find out, uh, you know, who are uh, the good actors and who are the bad actors in so many businesses these days. So one more example of those reviews not always being reliable. So then what can consumers watch out for in avoiding these bad actors then? So, you know, there's so much information at our fingertips with the Internet these days that it's a really good idea to always run an Internet search, but not only on the business name, but the individual associated with the business. Mm. So, you know, sometimes we'll have crews come to our house and and they have a number of people working for them. But sometimes it's more of a one-man shop um, or one-person shop, I should say. And, And that's when it's really important to look into that person's individual name as well as the business name. Um, you know, just, just do a simple Google search and see if anything pops up under that person's name or ask around town if people have interacted with that specific person. Mm-hmm. And assuming that everything comes back uh, okay, or you can't find anything that really, uh, you know, raises red flags or some uh, anything like that, there are certain practices or certain warning signs, right, that uh, maybe should sound some alarm bells. Right. So the first thing that we always say is, you know, never pay for the entire job up front. If a company's been around for a while, if they're legitimate, they're almost always um, willing to work with you on some sort of plan. So our suggestion, in fairness to the consumer and the business, is to see if the company is willing to do something like one third up front, one third in the middle, and one third when you're truly satisfied with the job. Because unfortunately, what we see happen a lot are people who pay for the entire job up front. And, and you know, we're talking sometimes just huge, huge dollar amounts in the mm-hmm. tens of thousands of dollars. Um, and, and that's when, uh, when sometimes we see these bad actors just take the money and run. So it's, it's never good to lose even a third of your hard-earned money, but a third is much more palatable than all of it. That is a, a fair point. Um, are there are there other signs that maybe uh, you've gotten involved with somebody who's not on the up and up? I mean, are there uh, are there things that, like we said, should sound some alarm bells, raise some red flags, and uh, make you take a second look? So the first thing we always say is the, the old adage: if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Mm-hmm. So if you've you know, gone out and done your due diligence and maybe received a few quotes, which we always recommend, and one is just substantially lower, that might be a red flag. The other um, red flag or red flags are really looking at the contract and looking at what's in the contract. Mm. So if someone that you're working with is refusing to put certain things in the contract or they say, you know, oh, it's, it's okay, I'll take care of that, I don't need to put it in here, that is a red flag. And yeah. you, you have to remember that a contract really is meant for protection for you and the business. So you should want everything in the contract, but so should they. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, oral contracts are not worth the paper they're printed on. We've often heard that saying. And uh, so often it is. it turns out to be true. Um, of course, the other important message is that if you feel you have been taken – 
You want to report your case so that uh, the uh, person or the company can be held accountable. Right, absolutely. So our office, the Ohio Attorney General's office, offers an informal dispute resolution service where we will try to work with the business to, to get the dispute resolved. And in some cases, if that can't happen, we might ratchet the case up for investigation or litigation. And that's what we've seen um, recently as we filed a couple of, of home improvement cases. Yeah. The other thing, you know, if it's a straight um, a straight case of someone taking your money and doing no work is you really should report that to the police. Um, you know, there are various theft statutes out there and it may qualify and it's, it's always worth um, getting law enforcement involved when there are, are criminal actors yeah. involved. So that, that being said in that type of a situation, what are the chances of recovering any of the money that has been lost or getting some kind of restitution to pay for any damage that has been done to a person's home? You know, it's really hard. Um, It's hard to say because every case is different. So the cases that are hardest for for our office to pursue, um, and even law enforcement from a a damages perspective, from consumers getting their money back, Mm -hmm. are the cases in which there's been no work done. But through our dispute resolution process, you know, sometimes there are um, legitimate companies who maybe have just had had performed yeah. bad work. Yeah. Um, and in those cases, it might not be a monetary amount that people are seeking. It might be a, can you come back and just finish this? Can you fix it? Mm-hmm. Or in the alternative, you know, you have a thousand dollars worth of work that hasn't been done yet, but I don't feel comfortable moving forward with you anymore. Can can you just give me that thousand dollars and we can cut ties and I can move on to someone else? Yeah. And our office has seen seen some success. Um, with complaints like that. So the the reason I, I mention that is simply to underscore the importance of doing your due diligence ahead of time just really mm-hmm. uh, emphasizes the point that you don't want to get yourself into that kind of a situation if you can avoid it. Uh, so making sure that you are being uh, very cautious when it comes to someone who's going to be working on what for most of us is our uh, largest investment uh, that, that we have. So uh, just uh, makes it very, very important, especially this time of year. Again, Melissa Smith is with the Ohio Attorney General's Office. You have more of these tips uh, and and, uh, advice and uh, information on resolution for disputes at your website, correct? Yes, you can visit our website at ohioprotects.org. Melissa, thanks very much for taking the time this morning. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. And right out of the gate, we have a leading candidate for the dumb criminal of the week. A California man is behind bars after allegedly trying to deliver a bag full of drugs to the San Bernardino County Jail. He just strolled in to deliver a bag. I've got a, <laughs> I've got something I need to deliver to an inmate. Police say uh, Louis Caballer 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 informed staff at the High Desert Detention Center that he was there to deliver the drugs on Sunday. <laughs> just walked in and said, "I've got some drugs to deliver to one of the inmates." 
<laughs> the 29-year-old was instructed to wait outside the detention center until staff could assist him. Tried to get buzzed in. They wouldn't buzz him in with his drug delivery. Imagine that. Uh, Mr. Cavalier was arrested after deputies found nearly two pounds of marijuana, along with a substance believed to be methamphetamine and assorted drug paraphernalia. <laughs> Police suspected he was under the influence when he attempted to deliver the uh, stash to the jail. So. Um, <laughs> so he got to stay. It wasn't, uh, it turned out he wasn't just visiting. He got to stay. <laughs> uh, I don't believe they let him in with his drugs, though. He uh, still had to leave those behind. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm here to deliver some drugs. Uh, have a delivery. Uh, let's see here. This, I love this story. It is a case of, uh, karma. And this is from Venice, Italy, where they are dealing with a slew of poorly behaved tourists. Now, of course, uh, during the pandemic, uh, tourism was all but shut down and, uh, many tourists, uh, tourism hotspots have been welcoming, welcoming people back for the first time since the start of the pandemic. But in uh, Venice, uh, they're struggling now because people are behaving very badly. Um, earlier this month, the facade outside of the Redentore, Redentore uh, church, uh, iconic church, was uh, splattered with pink paint. Um, somebody else scrawled in blue paint across a bridge, one of Venice's uh, main streets. A uh, bunch of graffiti on the uh, bridge. They believe it's uh, tourists. Uh, who have been defacing some of the monuments and and the sites of the city and so on. Uh, last week, two unidentified American tourists were caught swimming in the nude in a canal in a residential neighborhood. I mean, what? Why? Why would why would you do that? Um, following the incidents, the mayor of the city of Venice took to Twitter to demand that the city be respected by those who are visiting. And I would think that that's, you know, would you would hope that that would go without saying, but here's the karma part. <laughs> As it turns out, the uh, two Americans, again, unnamed in the report, the two Americans that were uh, caught swimming nude in the uh, canal in the residential neighborhood, what they apparently did not know that residents of the city did know is that uh, nearby houses drain their sewage into the water. <laughs> that they were that they were swimming in the canal <laughs> repository for uh, raw sewage from local homes. <laughs> Little karma getting there. <laughs> uh, let's see. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news. Uh, stories of siblings behaving badly. A drunken fight between two siblings in Salt Lake City turned ugly on Friday when one of them alleg allegedly bit the other's eye off. You heard that right. The uh, police department there in Salt Lake says 26-year-old uh, Ashley Mason was intoxicated, surprise, surprise, when she and her sister got into a fight uh, while they were in a car. Uh, according to local news reports, Ms. Mason allegedly grabbed her sister's hair, pulled her in, and bit her left eye, causing part of the eye to be ripped out. Uh, the uh, police say that they believe the tear duct was ripped out. They couldn't really tell, though, because of all of the blood. Ugh. 
Ms. Mason then fled uh, and, and tried to hide from police. The uh, cops said the suspect was extremely intoxicated and screaming loud enough for neighbors to hear when they found her. So she wasn't hiding very well, apparently. But uh, She reportedly had two bottles of vodka and a can of White Claw in the car. Her uh, sister uh, will, uh, I guess, uh, see a plastic surgeon to see if they can repair the eye. That's, wow, it's crazy. Uh, Ms. Mason was arrested on charges of aggravated assault, disorderly conduct, and public intoxication. My goodness. <clears throat> no word on what the argument was about. I mean, that's serious stuff, though. It's been a big argument. And uh, how about this? Again, in the case of siblings behaving badly, a woman's prank at her sister's wedding backfired royally causing the bride and their family to lash out at her. Uh, the prank that she tried to pull, she uh, stood up and said, I object during the wedding ceremony. <laughs> you know, when the uh, minister says, if anybody has a reason why these two should not be joined, let them speak now, forever hold their peace. And uh, bride's sister stands up and says, I object. <laughs> Uh, apparently the uh, woman says, uh, that they never, the two were never the closest of sisters due to their age difference. They're about five years apart, but they don't hate each other. Uh, the uh, woman says her uh, fiance, her now, uh, now her husband is a great guy, really happy for them. Uh, so fast forward to the wedding ceremony. She was posting about this online. She says, when the uh, priest said, are there any objections? I stood up and said, I object because this couple is way too cute for each other. The ceremony did continue, of course, but at the reception, her sister, the bride told her that the joke was not funny and that it ruined her special day. Yeah, that's, that's a little out there <laughs> saying that they you object to their wedding. Oh. <clears throat> don't do that if you're invited to a wedding especially for a relative but really for anyone so. and finally in the uh, broken news this morning what parent cannot relate to this a dad in Hong Kong recently took his son to a local shopping center he had to uh, step away he turned his back for just a moment when suddenly he heard a loud crash he turned and found his son standing next to a giant Teletubby statue, which lay broken on the floor. Security camera footage shows the little boy had leaned against the porcelain statue, causing it to topple over. <laughs> uh, my son was so terrified after the incident that he missed school the next day. He was so distraught. He asked me why the sculpture looked scary. The father agreed to pay for the uh, sh uh, sc shattered statue at a cost of about $4,200. Which raises the question, a $4,200 Teletubbies porcelain statue? I'm, what? Really? But any parent has had can relate to that, though. Turn your back for just a moment. Your kid all of a sudden causes a mess. My goodness. There you go. Uh, that is uh, today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, 
of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Take WFIN wherever you go with our updated mobile apps for iPhone and Android. And now you can listen to us on your Alexa device. Get the app at WFIN.com or in the App Store or Google Play. Plus, enable Alexa by searching for WFIN under Skills and you'll soon be saying, Alexa, play 1330 WFIN. And the best part is the apps and skills are absolutely free. On the air at 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Online at WFIN.com and on your smartphone, tablet, and Alexa devices. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news, the statistics that shape our lives. Maybe you had this happen uh, this past weekend for the Memorial Day holiday. Perhaps you had a a big cookout, maybe you had family and friends over, what have you. And uh, you try to get everybody to help out a little bit, right? So that the host doesn't have to do all the work. Ask people to maybe bring a dish or help out in the kitchen when they get there or something uh, like that. Well, invariably, someone will beg off saying, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know how to cook. I I really can't. Well, chances are good. They just don't want to help. A new poll... A recent survey of 3,000 U.S. adults uh, finds 6 in 10 millennials have pretended not to know how to cook in order to avoid having to help. (laughs) This survey, by the way, was divided evenly. It was 3,000 people um, divided evenly among uh, Generation Z, uh, 18 to 25-year-olds, the millennials, 26 to 41-year-olds, Gen Xers, 42 to 57-year-olds, and baby boomers, age 58 up uh, overall more than half in the poll 55 percent say that they are often reluctant to grill most find ready-made meal kits to be more convenient 49 percent or they simply think that others are better at grilling than they are so they'll let somebody else they'll defer to somebody else uh, to uh, man the grill at a, a big gathering 48 percent say that they just beg off and let somebody else handle that While the majority of millennials prefer simple meal kits to traditional grilling, most Gen Zers are reluctant to grill because they think others are better at it than they are, 47%. Meanwhile, are millennials downplaying their grilling prowess? 6 in 10, 62% rated their grilling ability as excellent or good. Nearly three-quarters of millennials, 74%, think that they are just as capable uh, of... Uh, 74% say they are uh, just capable of lighting a grill and uh, grilling out 61% of baby boomers. So the long and short of it and what I thought the big takeaway was uh, that according to the numbers, and this is what people admit in the poll, that they they have pretended not to know how to cook just to avoid helping out at a gathering. So... The bottom line is, next time you have a gathering, it might have worked for you Memorial Day, but now the rest of us are on to you. So if you're hosting, say, a big Fourth of July gathering next month or, you know, here in about a month or so, don't let them get away with it. <laughs> That's the bottom line. Don't don't you fall for that excuse. Well, coming off the uh, big Memorial Day weekend, I saw this here somewhere. Where did it? Where did I see this? I thought it was uh, interesting. Said uh, most people uh, find that uh, or say that uh, summertime is their favorite time to be outdoors, which makes sense. Yes, yeah, because it's warm. Yeah, it's it's usually sunny. Beautiful, right? Um, 
So I think life's not as busy because, you know, if, especially if kids are with school, you, you have time right. to exactly. do that kind of thing. You're not running. Spring, I think, is the second favorite time. And technically, yeah. it is still spring. It technically is until um, the 20th. I think it's the yeah, it's not. It's, it's going to feel very summer like today, <laughs> yes. as it did over the weekend. I'm guessing the, I know you were at uh, Riverside, the uh, boathouse. Yes. Uh, all weekend. I'm guessing it was rather busy and folks uh, uh, out of the park. Kind of. I think people forget that we're open. Sometimes it's like, oh, we're on Memorial Day. It's like it's the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think it takes people a couple weeks sometimes <laughs> to go. Oh, what you guys it? are here again. Yeah. So it was a beautiful um, day to be out. It, it was. It was. It got warmer each Great day. Weekend, yeah. But even yesterday, you know, the warm weather, like I said, it was low humidity. There was a beautiful breeze. And yeah. so, you Can't know, we it. had, it was steady. It was enough to keep us as busy at the boathouse. Mm-hmm. So, um, but we're open now, weekends and holidays. So we will be open 4th of July, which is a Monday coming up here next month. Mm-hmm. Um, or in two months. I guess we're technically still in May. Yeah. Um, and then we're open through through Labor Day. Yeah. Weekend and Labor Day would be our last day. So one till one till seven, last rental at six thirty, and remember cash or check only. Okay, so uh, just one of the many things going on uh, in the parks. Michelle Rumschlag yes. is here from the uh, Hancock Park District. Now that summer is here, time to talk about uh, things that are going on in the great outdoors. What you got yes. coming up? Well, we've got lots of activities. So again, HancockParks.com for all of the summer activities. And so just highlighting a few in June, and of course we have our. Um, archery programs that we offer. And so one coming up is on Thursday, June 2nd, um, is archery instruction that we provide. And we break it down by age groups because it's just easier to teach. Obviously, you teach a nine-year-old different than you do an adult. Sure. Adults catch on a little faster. So um, this one's going to be for teens. So, of course, all of our archery takes place at Ogwa's Nature Preserve at Dold Lake. That's where you park in that front parking lot and then follow the sign back to Dold Lake is where you go. Okay. Um, so ages 13 to 17, we just need you to register with $10 per person by 4 p.m. the day before, or excuse me, 4 p.m. that day on Thursday, June 2nd. Um, I know we've got a couple of people already signed up, so we'll be having it. Okay. Um, so again, 6.30 to 7.30, uh, June 2nd. And then we do have, again, for youth, so those are usually ages 9 to 13, adult 18 plus, throughout the summer and then we also offer open shoots so if you've taken an instruction with us at any point in the i'm not sure how many years we've we've been doing archery <laughs> it's just kind of you want to come out and shoot we give you a little quick refresher and you get to shoot for an hour and it's ten dollars so okay. we do have some of those throughout the summer some are in the evenings there's a few things on the weekends um so this one just happens to be for teens on uh, Thursday, June 2nd. All right. So uh, day after tomorrow, circle that yes. on your calendar. Hard to believe. Tomorrow begins June, the month yes. of June. Uh, what else is going on in the month? Um, so on Friday, June 3rd, I'm going to be leading a natural sled morning kayak float. So this is for adults, and we're going to go out on the river starting at 7 a.m. So uh-huh. for some of you are like, okay, I don't. It's <laughs> a great time because it's before yes. the heat of the day. That's and, why I do it. Yeah. So because, you know, and I don't think Friday's going to look too terrible for the heat. But then also, it's not just the, it's not just the heat, but the angle of the sun on the river. So mm. once you meander, yeah. you kind of then head east toward, and we kind of go to East Point there by behind Brinkman's. Okay. And if we get there in time, that when we're coming back, the sun aligns itself and it is straight down that river. So you're not paddling into the sun plus the reflection of it yeah and, and it'd be warmer so if i did like a nine to eleven i mean it, it, oh, it would just yeah. be warm so so it's kind of twofold and mainly it's the heat just to kind of right. kind of beat the heat and so i i know i've got i think two people already signed up for that i have a maximum of eight 
Um, though I haven't looked at my numbers. I Again, I was at the Boathouse all weekend and I haven't been in on the computer this morning. So um, I apologize if it's filled and you, but I know I've got another one later in June. Um, yeah, it's just $15. Again, we'll just, it, no experience needed. I mean, we're not going to like, we're, it's very leisurely. Yeah, you're, just, we're gonna, you're not shooting the rapids. No, we this. are leisurely <laughs> on the river and hopefully we'll find some turtles and grateful herons. Not like kayaking through the Grand Canyon or anything. I don't think I would do so. that. I don't. So very, right, very yeah. leisurely on the water and just enjoying Nature okay. in the morning All right. out on, on the Blanchard. What else to uh, highlight in the month of June here? Well, for our little ones, I'm excited to say that our annual Peter Rabbit Tea has returned okay. after three years. Of course, COVID put a kink in lots of things, but right. uh, we didn't have it the last couple of years. And so this takes place Monday, June 6th. And um, of course, we, I think most people are familiar with Beatrix Potter and Peter Rabbit. Mm-hmm. So we take, we've taken four of her stories and turned them into teas. Um, this is our 20th annual that we're doing. And so the story this year is the tale of Mrs. Tiggy Winkle. And for those not familiar, it's uh, she's a little hedgehog who does laundry for the area animals and just the adventures that kind of happen with that. So I portray Beatrix. We have a story read in the barn. You visit the house to have tea, which is apple juice, and then some story-related snacks. Um, there's a scavenger hunt in the garden. There's a craft. So this is for ages four, five, and six with an adult. Um, but you only need to register the children. So it's $5 per child. Okay. By 1 o'clock this Friday, um, I know we do have enough, uh, I think, for both tea times to go. But we have a limit of 12 children. So, okay. again, I haven't seen numbers yet. Um, and, and that's something, you know, when people register, we always give you a deadline. But if you know you want to come, you know, I encourage you to register right away. Right. Because then other right. people will go, well, no one else is registered. How many people are thinking that? So get signed up, but then also realize it could fill up before the deadline. Right. So don't go, well, she said it was open till Friday. Well, if a lot of people sign up, that's just yeah. our deadline then to get ready for the program. Right. But it's Sooner until rather filled. than later. Is- exactly. Exactly. So again, that's taking place Monday, June 6th. And there's an 11 o'clock tea time and a 1 p.m. tea time. Okay. And so that'll be happening. So I'm excited about that. It's, it's a fun program for the kids. Um, and it's, it's for all ages. I mean, and boys and girls, it's not, you know, and we do, we do have little boys that come out. So don't think, oh, I, it's all of my boys right. have attended. They cringe probably at the thought that, cause they're all older <laughs> now that they attended. I have pictures. So yes. Um, very excited that Peter Rabbit Tea is returning. Very good. And that's, year. uh, this coming Monday. That's this so. coming Monday. So yeah. definitely get on HancockParks.com to get registered. Uh, speaking of signing up early, uh, we've been mentioning a couple of times we've had you in here, uh, before about the uh, summer camp programs and are those uh, filled up now? Some of them are. So we, of course, do our one day adventure camps. All okay. of those are filled. Okay. And so, and then we also have a couple of multi-day camps that we do for more, um, Kenneth's age ranges, our okay. adventure day camps are six to 12. So there's some of them that, um, I don't have at least two that we have filled, but, uh, I've got one for seven, eight, nine year olds coming up in, I guess, two weeks, technically. Um, we got some things for older kids, some overnights. So okay. there's still camp options available. Um, there's a toddler and adult one, but there's a few things that are, Right. Yeah. And we normally Again, do fill so. and it's hard. I mean, it, we, we filled some of these one days in April because yeah. we put our summer stuff out there in March. Yeah. So there's those people that plan ahead and want to get summer kind of planned now. And then there's people going, oh, my kid's out of school. Now there's what? still some yeah. opportunities. And, and if you can't, you know, come to camp, 
except we've got a lot of public programs for mm-hmm. three and under up yeah. to 50 plus. So there's a variety of age right. things going on. You we, should be able to find something to do with, yeah. with your kids or family or if you're adults. Yeah, we mentioned a few of them, but there are a lot more. And yes. now we get into the summer, we're going to do a very busy season. Uh, yes. The whole rundown and the whole schedule is on the website, right? Yes, HancockParts.com. And it's get, it's, it's camps, our regular public programming for June, July, and August. So if okay. you want to plan ahead for the rest of the summer, you can do that. All right. We've got it linked up at our webpage, of course, goodmornings.net. Michelle Rumschlag, the Hancock Park District, with us this morning. Michelle, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks again to all of our guests for joining us on the program. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. That is goodmornings.net. You can also connect with us on social media. Share uh, something with us directly via email. There's the link there. Sign up for our daily email newsletter and more. Goodmornings.net is our little corner of the World Wide Web. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.